This podcast of Central Indiana Today is brought to you by Figment 2 McDonald's. Stop by any of their stores in Avon, Brownsburg, Danville, Speedway, and 10th Street, next to Ben Davis High School, for great specials, including the two for $2.50 and two for $5. They also have all-day breakfast items, which now include biscuits and McGriddles. And coming soon to the Danville location, Wednesdays will be family night. Figment 2 McDonald's is a proud supporter of Central Indiana Today and WYRZ 98.9. Hello, this is Kevin Kersey of the Kevin Kersey Agency. The Kevin Kersey Insurance Agency, a member of the Farmers Insurance Group, can help you with your home, life, auto, or business needs. We are located at 701 North Green Street in Brownsburg, and our phone number is 317-286-3481. We can also be found on Facebook at the Kevin Kersey Agency or at our website, www.farmersagent.com forward slash kkersey. Indiana Family Dentistry is located at 505 North Green Street in Brownsburg. Dr. Will Hine practices general and cosmetic dentistry with services ranging from veneers and whitening to implants and complete smile restorations. Indiana Family Dentistry's phone number is 852-5999 and website is infamilydentistry.com. Indiana Family Dentistry is a proud supporter of Hendricks County and Community Radio. This is Donald James of Impact Youth Mentoring. Impact Youth is a not-for-profit mentoring organization providing mentoring services to the children of Hendricks County. We pair mentors ages 16 and older with youth in Hendricks County. Over the past five years, we have been able to impact over 120 children through our mentoring and tutoring programs. Information about becoming a mentor or finding a mentor for a child can be found at impactyouthmentoring.org or via email at impactyouth1010 at gmail.com. The UPS Store Brownsburg is located at 124 East Northfield Drive in Brownsburg. Their phone number is 858-1422. The UPS Store Brownsburg can handle your printing needs, including color, large format, and business cards. They also do blueprints, mailers, and invitations. Thanks to owner Tom Reese and all the folks at the UPS Store Brownsburg for supporting community radio in Hendricks County. The Kevin Kersey Agency presents Central Indiana Today on 98.9 WYRZ. Today's program is made possible by the Kevin Kersey Agency, 701 North Green Street in Brownsburg. And now here's your host, Rob Kendall. Welcome into another edition of Central Indiana Today here on 98.9 WYRZ. I'm Rob Kendall. Thanks for joining us. Hope you're having a great day. On the program today, we are going to talk about high school football. Of course, the season wrapping up, and uh, this is a guy I've wanted to have have on the show for a long time, a guy who has made all sorts of great memories throughout his illustrious and Hall of Fame career coaching high school football in the state of Indiana. Former Avon head coach Dave Shelbourne. Coach, how are you? I'm doing great. Glad to have you. Now, of course, our audience will recognize you as you do a lot of our games on WIRZ with Brian Scott, and then you were even forced to do a couple games with me this fall. So, first of all, thanks for doing that. You add so much to the broadcast. Well, I enjoy it. it you know, it allows me to kind of keep my foot in things without having to put in the time and, uh, you know, have the pressures that I used to have as a head football coach. So, I enjoy it as well. You know, you are a Hall of Fame 
football coach, and I was asking you on the air, and I'd like for you maybe to go into a little detail this, what do they give you when you go into the Hall of Fame? You get a medal, a ring, a free lunch? What do they give you? You get a plaque, and they do put uh, put up like a little bio and a picture of you in the, at the Hall of Fame building. So, you know, I mean, it's, it's more of an attaboy, I guess, for um, – you know, for longevity and, uh, you know, evidently a successful career. So it's a, it's a very nice honor. Now, you coached at Avon from 2002, is that right? Correct. Until 2009, I believe. I did eight seasons as a head coach at Avon. Yeah, and, and you decided to walk away while you were still very, very successful. And I'm always curious when Hall of Fame coaches, guys like yourself, who are still extremely successful, having great careers, what made you decide, hey, maybe it's time to do something else? Well, I mean, I, I joke about it a little bit because people ask me, did I lose my, uh, <clears throat> you know, my love for football? And obviously I haven't because I think you're well aware I've done four or five seasons of middle school football since I got out. But, you know, I, I guess the biggest thing, and, and, and I joke about it, but there's a lot of truth to it, is, you know, I would go to football meetings and I didn't recognize anybody anymore. So, you know, guys guys like me, I stayed in it until I was 61 and obviously love the game and still do love the game but I guess I got to the point in life where I thought you know hey there's some things that I haven't been able to do because you know what what, once you're in coaching I mean it's all consuming it's 365 days a year 24 24 hours a day and you know you know if if you're going to have a chance to be successful in the business Putting in that amount of time certainly doesn't guarantee it, but that's what you have to do just to give yourself an opportunity. And, you know, I was one of those people, you know, they they, they laugh about my job, and I always, you know, respond that I never really had a job. Right. I, I had a career. I mean, I was one of those guys, even at the end of my career when I wasn't coaching, I was the, uh, you know, the college guru at Avon High School. I did, you know, over 30 years as a as a guidance counselor, and I was still the first one in the office every morning. So, you know, it's just the way I'm wired. It's, uh, you know, one of the things I enjoyed, and I was very one of those very fortunate people that, that loved my job, even with some of the pressures that you have to go through anytime you're in charge. We were talking about this on the air at the Avon Sectional Championship broadcast, and you were saying, you know, a lot of football coaches will – will teach because they have to. It's part of the requirement, but they're to, be, they're to be a football coach. You loved your actual day job side of things. Well, I did. You know, and it, it was nice for me. I've always liked to think, and, you know, without patting myself on the back too much, but, you know, with the two Northwestern degrees, I always like to think that there, was, that there was more to me than just being a football coach or a football player. And I enjoyed the opportunity to, to, to wear two hats, and I, and I laughed that, I think the majority of the kids that I was their counselor, I'm not even sure that they knew I was a football coach, and I really kind of enjoyed that part of it. So, you know, I, I started off coaching in college, and I enjoyed that very much. Uh, but it, but it was just, you know, kind of single-faceted. You know, you were sure. a football coach, and that was it. And uh, you, you had to look for opportunities, you know, just to kind of discuss world issues and, you know, and, and other things in, in, in the life of the of the kids you were coaching and the people that you dealt with. So the high school coaching fit for me. It fit for my lifestyle. It made it a little easier for me to spend time with my wife and kids, even though, you know, we spent crazy hours. Right. 
you know, I, I, w- I was home every night. So it was, a, it was a lifestyle and a career that was perfect for me. Now, a lot of people may not know you played college football at Northwestern. I did, yeah. yeah. Back in the late 60s, I was a starting quarterback up there for two years. I'm, and- I'm curious, when you're playing, you know, Big Ten football and you're very talented and, you know, Northwestern's a great school and you know you're going to get a great education, a great degree, did you have an idea that you wanted to be a, a coach or when did that sort of start coming into your, your vision? Uh. I guess I just kind of stumbled into it. I, you know, I went to Northwestern. Obviously, uh, you know, I was I was a good student in high school and thought about being a lawyer and some other things. But you know, when it got down to the end, it was something that I enjoyed. One of, one of my coaches actually, as I was getting ready to graduate, asked me to stay on and be a grad assistant. So he was a freshman coach at that time. I played so long ago, the freshmen weren't eligible. Right. We actually had freshman teams. And he asked me what I was going to do when I graduated. And I said, well, I'm thinking about going to law school, but I'm not really sure. And he said, would you consider you know, trying to get into graduate school here and uh, you know, helping me coach the freshman team? So that was probably what kind of kicked that into gear for me a little bit. So I went back and actually went straight through and got my master's in guidance. And while I was there, I was a offensive coordinator for the freshman team and helped prepare the varsity for their games and just really got into it. And the following year, my brother Don, uh, who is the knee surgeon, he was graduating from Wabash College. And while I was in uh, graduate school at Northwestern, an opening opened up in the uh, on the football staff at Wabash, and he called me and t- talked to me about it. And I contacted them about the possibility of getting the job. And actually, as it worked out, it was very good for me. They didn't have enough money to pay a full-time football coach, but they actually had an opening in their admissions office where my guidance background kind of came in handy. So I actually went in there as a part-time football coach, part-time admissions person, and that was kind of my foot in the door into a coaching and, as it turned out to be, you know, a guidance counselor career as well. Our guest is the Hall of Fame coach, former coach at Avon High School, Dave Shelbourne. Uh, Coach... Take us through what it's like to be a high school football coach because it is, as you mentioned, crazy hours. It's nuts. High school football now so big in Indiana. Take us through what the season was like for you. I mean, did you see your family at all? Uh, at night. And, you know, I was, I, I guess, lucky in a sense that uh, both my sons went to uh, Warren Central when I was the head football coach there so you know it's kind of a good news bad news thing you know because with a name like Shelbourne if it was Smith or Miller they may not under you know know that you're their father Uh, so you know I mean I I did get to see my kids I saw them during the day when I was there again as a guidance counselor and a football coach Uh, my wife very fortunately is a very independent person and was not the kind that lived her life through mine she had a life of her own and you know, worked as a registered nurse and had activities and friends, you know, and, and things to do while I was gone, which made it a little easier for me because she was independent. So it's, it, it is busy. Uh, it's different. I think if you're going to be a successful head football coach, you're a little bit more of an administrator and a people person, and you just kind of have to take the football skills and knowledge uh, as a given uh, you know, the head football coach is, uh, you know, you're, you're really managing people and trying to control your situation as best you can if you're going to be successful because as much as I think uh, coaching is a part of the entire equation, the culture of the high school that you're at has a 
and, and, and the support that you get from the people above you, you know, your principal, your, your athletic director, and your superintendent, if they're not on your side, it's very difficult to be supportive. And, and, and obviously you have to uh, get along with the people in the community as best you can because they need to support and believe in you as well. You made the move from Warren Central. You were having a great career there. You had a great career before that. But you made the move from Warren Central to Avon, and you really sort of, rebuilt the the Avon program not that there was anything wrong with it but you sort of took it to another level I'm curious what about Avon was compelling for you well they 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 were kind of in a transition phase um you know when I grew up I actually played high school uh football in Gary Indiana and at that time the city schools the Gary the Hammonds the Indianapolis schools were the top schools and then things moved out, you know, and in my former area it moved out to, uh, you know, Valparaiso and, and, and Hobart and Crown Point and Lake Central and those kind of areas. Well, at the time I was able to come to Avon, it was kind of the same thing. You know, the, the city schools were dominant in the 60s and early 70s, again, when I was um, going through that. And then it moved out a little bit to the to the township schools who are still very dominant, you know, the Ben Davis schools and the, and the Warren Centrals and those kind of schools. But the movement was, you know, was out to the counties, you know, the Carmels, the Zionsvilles, the Avon, the Brownsburgs, and, and, and that situation. And at the time I was able to come to Avon, Avon was a school of 1,400 students, and they were in the process of making the transition from being a small school to a large school. And since I had been a I had football coaching programs like that. I think the people in Avon knew that I knew how to run and organize and, you know, kind of control a situation like that. So it was, you know, it was a good time in my career because I got a chance to kind of start fresh and build an already successful program, John Acton prior to me, and of course Jim Kaiser and Larry Weatherall prior to me had been very successful at Avon. So I got an opportunity to kind of build on you know, on, on the groundwork that they had set. And, you know, Avon's a school now of just under 3,000 kids. So, you know, I was kind of there to make that, you know, to help make the transition from 4A now to 6A. I'm curious, as you talked about this growth of, of Avon High School, when you took the job in 02, you know, I think you said it was like 1,400 kids or something like that. Did you ever envision that, that Avon would become this really behemoth of a high school? Well, you know, it was kind of headed in that direction. In fact, I had made the comment my second year here we actually kicked into 5a and we were one of the smaller 5a schools and I really thought that was one of the better teams I had and had we been able to kind of hang back in 4a for another year we we might have done well kind of like I believe Westfield's doing right now and in in 5a so yeah I mean it was it was kind of an exciting time for me I was able to come in here and and really had a little more control over the program at Avon than I had during my time at Warren Central. You know, I came in here and we got a lot of good things done in the middle school, and I, and I got myself because I always believed that it starts from the bottom up, and got extremely involved in the in the youth league program. And the youth league program was building, and kids were starting football and in, in in kindergarten, and I had a chance to go in and kind of help organize and. Uh, you know, do some staff development, build some relationships, uh, you know, with, with our youth league program as well. And I think that ultimately, you know, 
led to the continued success at the high school level. Again, our guest is the Hall of Fame coach, Dave Shelbourne. Uh, let's talk about that, Coach, because obviously Avon has a great feeder program now. It's something that you really helped put in place. And how much do you attribute that to the success Avon has had, obviously in the, the latter part of your time there, and then as Coach Bless took over? Well, I, I think it was huge because one, one of the things that I enjoyed about being at Avon is the fact that, you know, when we got kids in kindergarten, first, second grade in that level, you know, their their goal was to look forward to being an Avon high school football player. And, you know, we, we started playing the games on the big field. And, you know, we encouraged our middle schools to play the game on, on the big field because ultimately that's where those kids wanted to be. Uh, I'm, I'm going to put in a little plug here also. One of the things I, th- I think that I very wisely did when I came in you know, the, the band was and continues to be highly successful at Avon. And I was very smart to become very good friends with Jay Webb <laughs> and, 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 and the band people there because, you know, and, and we're still good friends to this day. We used to compare notes an awful lot because they were in the same business I was. They had to manage a lot of people and administer a, a, a very large program. And we used to joke that, you know, Jay did it with band instruments and I did it with football. But organizing a program of that size and raising money and dealing with parents and, you know, what do you do with kids that come late to practice and that type of thing. A lot of our situations were the same. So, you know, we compared notes on organization. And I I used to laugh that I really wasn't a high school football coach. I was a small business owner because you have to – you have to control all the factors you can control to have a chance to be successful. And, uh, you know, you have to learn to control what you can and kind of live with the rest. Well, you say that, and it's so true, this is just from personal experience, that you really were like a CEO because at the time, you know, Audio Sports Online, my company, you guys were our first local school. I mean, and it branched out to where at one point we were serving 100 schools across the country. You guys were the first. I was really pioneer at the time when we started doing that to broadcast games on the Internet. There weren't a lot of people doing that. And you were doing that stuff all throughout the, the program to create first-class facilities and all these sort of things. You were a CEO. Well, you, you have to be smart enough to understand your uh, your environment a little bit. And, you know, it's, it's not just in-house. You know, you have to appeal. One of the things that I enjoyed is I dealt with a lot of kids at the lower level and a lot of parents – you know, with kids who maybe realized in middle school that, hey, I enjoyed this, but, you know, this is not where I want to go and I don't want to spend this amount of time. And I used to get into big discussions with some of my fellow head coaches, and it was like, well, why do you spend so much time with kids that you know can never be players? And my attitude was always you have to see the big picture. You know, these these kids are still going to high school. Uh, the parents still live in town, and even if they're not playing high school football, I wanted the parents and the kids to feel like whatever time they spent in, you know, Dave Shelbourne's football program right. was a positive experience. You know, you're going to run into those people at uh, at store and church and around the community, and again, whether they're actually in your program or not, they are part of your program because they're either saying positive things about what you know what we were doing and. You know, winning is a part of that, but I think the way you go about running your program is a bigger part of that. That's the reputation that you kind of uh, have, and that was a reputation that I wanted my football programs to have. Yeah, I mean, I wanted people to think, you know, hey, Dave Shelbourne is an outstanding football coach, and they have a good football program, and they win a lot of games, but I also wanted them to recognize the fact that we were doing it the right way, that our kids behaved, that they went to class, that they were good citizens, and 
you know, they, they, they just did all of those things that I guess parents want their kids to do, and that's kind of the way I looked at the way I ran the program. We talked about this on the air at the Ben Davis game uh, a couple of weeks ago, and it's true. You know, Avon and Brownsburg for years were like these schools where you'd say, yeah, they maybe went 8-1 or 9-0 and in the regular season or 7-2, and and they've got some great players, but you just know when you get in – to the Ben Davis or the Warren Central, they're just they're not going to be able to do it. And you were sort of the first coach at Avon that really you guys beat Ben Davis one time. And and I mean you and, sort and, of and Center Grove, yeah, and Center Grove. And you guys you really made those kids in that program. I think you took it to the next level to say we're not just a team that can win the Hoosier Crossroads Conference. We're a team that can beat anybody. Well, you know that's a, it's it's a belief and a feeling. And again, I think it uh, you know possibly reflected on the way you know we we tried to run the program but you know we we did have good kids and you know as we got the program going and got organized and you know started things on a lower level and you know had had a little bit of player development going I think we got to the point where we showed that we could do it but but you're right actually beating Ben Davis and that was a game I remember because it was my last year there we were down 17 to nothing and hadn't run a play from scrimmage and we had beaten Center Grove a couple of years prior to that at Center Grove. So those are those were big victories, I think, for uh, our kids and our community just to prove that we had, you know, reached reached the level. And obviously, uh, you know, Mark Bless, uh, you know, who took over my job when I retired, has continued to do that. You know, we were one play away last year, you know, with the outstanding team that he coached last year from playing for the state championship. So I, I think Avon, year in and year out, you know, you might have that occasional down year, but they should be a, a, a top 10 team in the 6A level every year. And, well, I, and, you, I, and I think the level of the program is very, very respected. Yeah, and you look at even this year's team, which some people might say was a quote-unquote down year, still finished 6-5, and five, and they were really uh, four plays away, or, or maybe one play away, from beating a great Ben Davis team being sectional champs. Well, they got better as the season went on, and I think that's a reflection of the coaching staff and, you know, their belief in the kids and the fact that they continued to uh, to keep coaching. Had a, you know, had a, had a tough couple of tough games early but they were playing a lot of a lot of new kids but you know but they beat Hamilton Southeastern who at that point in the season it was their only loss and they beat Fishers extremely uh handily I think it was 38 to 7 and at the time they beat them I don't think a lot of people looked at that as that surprising of a victory except that Fishers went out the next week and beat up on Cathedral pretty good so you know, a- a- Avon can compete with anybody. Um, you know, a lot of the big games come down to a couple of players, and, you know, they actually had an opportunity to beat an outstanding Ben Davis game or, you know, team in a game we called just a couple of weeks ago. I'm curious why you stayed in high school. And I'm, I talked with John Hart about this, too. You, you're a great football mind. You could have probably gone on not just to college, but big-time college and coach. You elected to stay in high school. Why did you do that? Well, it's for me, it was a better fit. Um uh, I'm I'm look at myself as being more people oriented than than possibly even football oriented, and and I was a little bit different. I did the college thing first, you know. I I actually you know coached at Northwestern for a year, and I was the offensive coordinator at Wabash College for three years back when I was a 23 year old know it all, and I, and, and 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 I went to the national convention you know every year i'm a lifetime member of the american football coaches association and i and i and i went to that every year and thought and i'm seeing a lot of my buddies and you know they're moving around uh you know they're they're packing up their family in in mid-year 
Um, you know, and, and the other thing that was tough, and I, and I don't mean this to sound badly, but as a, as a high school head coach, I kind of controlled things a little bit more. Uh, I, I had to take kids that had problems and help them become better people, but I also had the ability, if I had a kid that I thought was cancer for the program, you know, I could just basically say, hey, look, maybe maybe we need to part the ways and move right. on as, as a Division One college coach. And, again, I, I agree. I think had I chosen to go that way, I could have gone that way. But, you know, there, there are times when – and, and, and I don't want to say this the wrong way, but maybe you would have to set some of your personal values aside right. to recruit an outstanding athlete because you knew his athletic ability could help you win football games. And even though you had to win football games at the high school level, it's you know it's not to the same degree that it would be at the Division One level. And I think for me, the fit being in high school was just a better fit for me personally, not so much maybe on a football point of view, um, you know, I, I think my knowledge of football was good enough that I could have coached at, you know, at any of the higher levels, but, but I just personally enjoyed the relationships involved with coaching at the high school level. Again, our guest is uh, former Avon and, and, well, not former, current, always Hall of Fame football head coach uh, Dave Shelbourne. Um, I'm curious, do you like watching football? Like, do you like watching college football on a Saturday? I, I do, but 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 obviously, I don't watch it like most people. Yeah, uh, you know, I, are you a nightmare to watch a football game with? Well, no, actually, I, I think I'm pretty good. As a, as I got a little older, I if if you ask me, I will certainly try to take the time to explain it to you. But it's not like you know, if if I go to a Colts game, I don't sit there with my friends and tell them everything that's going on even though I'm aware of everything that's going on but if they ask me well why did they do that or how did you know they were doing this on that particular play then obviously I'll take the time to explain it but no I I probably with the background I I don't watch football like a normal fan would you know I'm I'm looking at coverages and you know and and trends and what are they doing and how are they doing that and how they're trying to get this guy open and you know what's what's their pass protection uh, scheme look like and where did it break down and why did they bring that guy off the corner you know and those kind of things and I, I, I do enjoy Rick, Rick Venturi is a buddy of mine uh, and he's been very successful kind of explaining what the Colts have been trying to do uh, Rick was a senior at Northwestern when I was a freshman up there so I, I do enjoy listening to him you know try to explain to the masses what's going on with, uh, with professional football I'm curious if you enjoyed the media did you did you like talking to reporters? Did you like the radio guys asking you questions? Sure, because yeah, I mean it, it was part of my job, and it was one of those things that allowed me the opportunity to uh, promote my program, promote my school, and promote my kids. So you weren't annoyed when little dweeby guys like me would come and oh, no, ask no, no, you for I, ten or fifteen minutes. Well, I, I enjoyed it, and I know you'll take it the right way. But the, you know, the first time you showed up on my uh, on my doorstep, I thought maybe this is somebody I can kind of help a little bit because <laughs> your heart was certainly in the right place. You were enthusiastic as can be, and I think you wanted to do things the right way. But probably. You know, if, if you kind of look at it in reverse, I'm sure that there were coaches that you enjoyed interviewing yeah. more than others. Yeah. There were people in the media that I knew uh, if they walked in, sometimes I would have to be careful what I'd say. I'd have to be careful how I'd say it. Some some of the people coming in, I believed had an agenda right. coming in and wanted me to kind of fill in the blanks so they could write a story. 
I actually had a uh, sports writer one time that I wouldn't give him the quote I knew he wanted. <laughs> so he wrote the story and said you could tell by the look in Shelbourne's eye that he was upset with the officials because he wanted me to comment on a game <laughs> when <laughs> it was pretty obvious to the fans and anybody at the game that I didn't agree with a couple of calls, and he wanted me to make that statement, and I refused <laughs> to. So he, he wrote his story anyway. So you know, I, I always communicated with that writer, but I was very, very careful about what I said. And there were other guys that I knew I could make comments to them because they became very good friends of mine. So they knew what was on the record and right. what was off the record. And, you know, they they wouldn't try to make me look bad in the newspaper because they knew where I was coming from. Now, you remain very active in sports and athletics. You're now involved in pickleball. Yes. What is pickleball? I mean, you two were talking about this. I was, I was floored. Pickleball is kind of a combination of uh, kind of in between tennis and uh, ping pong. It's played on a smaller court with a less lively ball. It's uh, you, you, you play basically with a baseball-sized wiffle ball, and it's you know it's still competitive. It's a team sport. You know, it's always generally basically two on two, and if you have uh, some coordination and some hand skills. There's a lot of former tennis players as they get a little older because you still have to be able to hit forehand, backhand, overheads, topspin, slice, that type of thing. It's a little bit different strategy, but it's it's kind of like, I guess, golf uh, hitting from the senior tees. You know, it's still golf, All right? but you modify the game, I guess, a little bit, uh, you know, for your age group. And even though there are a lot of younger players that we're playing with now, uh, it is a game that I, I would say is a little more skill-oriented. I mean, there, there are a lot of, uh, in the group that I play with, there are, there are a lot of women that are very, very competitive because it's not as much a power game as it is a finesse game and a placement and strategy How game. How did you get into this? I had a couple of my buddies that said, hey, as you're getting old, you know, I mean, I'm almost 68, and I think I've shared with you, I still play somewhat competitive basketball with 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 a younger group but i'm smart enough to know my days are numbered with that a little bit yeah but you you want to win right you're super competitive everything you do uh i am but it's pickleball i mean it's you know it's i i joke with some of the people i play with that take it very very serious i mean i'd rather win than lose but you know it's still pickleball sure i'd 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 rather shoot 78 than 92 but it's still golf so i mean i i still do it for the enjoyment i want to do it to the best of my ability but it's you know it's not like when i'm on display on a Friday night between 5,000 people or when I was playing at Northwestern and you might be playing before 90,000 people. Yes, I I still like competing, but I guess I don't take it quite as seriously as maybe I used to. Coach, I'm curious. I have to end with this obligatory question, as I'm sure you've gotten a million times, but people would be upset. I try to not ask questions everybody else does, but do you have a favorite memory from your time coaching? Is there something that stands out to you to say, that was it, you know, that that was the moment? Well, it, it, it's it's nice now, and it really has nothing to do with football. But my um, my my own children, who are now thirty six and thirty nine, but you know, I don't know how many years ago, kind of talked me into getting on Facebook, even though you know I didn't want a cell phone, I didn't want to be you know on Facebook. But they said, Dad, you coached in three different schools, you've got a lot of former right. players out there, and one of the things that I enjoy are now <clears throat> communicating with still and talking to, and I get 
face ma- Facebook messages, messenger messages, text messages from all my former players, and you know, very little little of it has to do with a particular play. It's hey, here's pictures of my grandkids. You know, how are you doing? I enjoy seeing your pictures, Coach. You know, with with your grandkids, and I'm glad to see that you're still active. So, so for me, it was really. I love the football. I love the X's and O's. I love the analyzing and that type of thing. But, you know, for me, it was just, uh, you know, enjoying helping to develop kids, I guess, at that age and, you know, and having relationships, uh, you know, with my contemporaries. Some of my best friends were my biggest competitors and, and nobody could understand that. I mean, I think the world of John Hart, and I've shared that with you. Uh, when I was up north, uh, four big schools up there, you know, uh, Crown Point, Lake Central, Griffith, Munster. Uh, the towns were very, very competitive, and they were my best friends. They were the guys I hung out with. So, it's you know, it, it was the relationships that I was able to develop over the years that uh, probably bring me my fondest memories. Coach, uh, you've been so wonderful to me over the years. You've been wonderful to this radio station. We love having you on. You add so much to our, our high school football broadcast. And thanks for uh, taking a few moments to tell us a, a little bit about uh, about yourself and some things maybe people don't know. Well, you know, it's it's nice to still be remembered. You know, I've been, I've been out of this for uh, – for six years now and it's it's nice for me when I go out on the field to do a broadcast and I see a an officiating crew that you know that I had over the years and they'll come up and say some positive <laughs> things to me even though I used to try to help them out as best I could or to see some of my old buddies or or actually even kids that were playing when I was coaching that are now in the coaching business so again for me it's 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 a lot of it is the relationship end of things. Hey, don't forget, if you miss any part of our conversation today, you can check out a podcast anytime you want. We're on SoundCloud and iTunes now. You can download the show right to your smartphone or tablet. You can also listen online anytime at wyrz.org. Until next time, I'm Rob Kendall saying have yourself a great evening. You've been listening to the Kevin Kersey Agency presents Central Indiana Today on 98.9 WYRZ. Made possible by the Kevin Kersey Agency, 701 North Green Street in Brownsburg. An archive of today's program can be heard at our website, wyrz.org. Tune in next time for another edition of the Kevin Kersey Agency presents Central Indiana Today with your host, Rob Kendall. This podcast of Central Indiana Today is brought to you by Figment 2 McDonald's. Stop by any of their stores in Avon, Brownsburg, Danville, Speedway, and 10th Street next to Ben Davis High School, for great specials, including the two for $2.50 and two for $5. They also have all-day breakfast items, which now include biscuits and McGriddles. And coming soon to the Danville location, Wednesdays will be family night. Figment 2 McDonald's is a proud supporter of Central Indiana Today and WYRZ 98.9. Hello, this is Kevin Kersey. Since 1968, our family has been helping customers with their insurance needs. We provide insurance coverage for life, home, auto, and recreational vehicles. We are located at 701 North Green Street in Brownsburg, and our phone number is 317-286-3481. The Kevin Kersey Agency can also be found on Facebook at The Kevin Kersey Agency or at our website, www.farmersagent.com forward slash kkersey. The Kevin Kersey Agency is a proud member of the Farmers Insurance Group. The UPS Store Brownsburg is located at 124 East Northfield Drive in Brownsburg. Their phone number is 858-1422. The UPS Store Brownsburg can handle your printing needs, including color, large format, and business cards. They also do blueprints, mailers, and invitations. 
Thanks to owner Tom Reese and all the folks at the UPS Store Brownsburg for supporting community radio in Hendricks County. This is Donald James of Impact Youth Mentoring. Impact Youth is a not-for-profit mentoring organization providing mentoring services to the children of Hendricks County. We pair mentors ages 16 and older with youth in Hendricks County. Over the past five years, we have been able to impact over 120 children through our mentoring and tutoring programs. Information about becoming a mentor or finding a mentor for a child can be found at impactyouthmentoring.org or via email at impactyouth1010 at gmail.com. Indiana Family Dentistry is located at 505 North Green Street in Brownsburg. Dr. Will Hine practices general and cosmetic dentistry with services ranging from veneers and whitening to implants and complete smile restorations. Indiana Family Dentistry's phone number is 852-5999 and website is infamilydentistry.com. Indiana Family Dentistry is a proud supporter of Hendricks County and Community Radio.